Hello, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. As you know, this first season is all about classroom management strategies, about how to gain and keep your students' attention and minimize problems so you can focus on what matters most, teaching and making a difference. Last week, we talked about how to counsel a student and particularly how to get to the root of the problem so you can deal with the real issue and not just what's happening on the surface. Today, we're going to talk about those students who don't really like the changes you're making and seem to be constantly complaining or asking a myriad of not-so-sincere questions. You know, this happened to me a whole lot when I was teaching, especially my first and also my second year. If you remember back from the first episode, which by the way, if you're just jumping in on this episode, I strongly encourage you to start back from the beginning. Um, In the first episode, I talked about how um, I really struggled my first year, and then partway through, on the advice of one of my my mentor teachers, I implemented a warning system. Now, when I implemented this system, I had all kinds of students who, uh, actually I shouldn't say that, most of my students actually got on board very quickly, and I didn't have problems. But I had a handful of students in one class in particular who decided they wanted to um, complain and um, ask questions every time that they got a warning. And I know I'm not the only teacher who's dealing with this because I already had um, someone ask a question about this um, after they listened to that first episode. So so, so here's what happened to me. Um, I implement my new warning system, but then I had a few students, there were two in particular I can remember distinctly, but I know there were more than that, um, and every time I gave them a warning, I'd get something like, but I wasn't talking, or why isn't Valerie's name on the board? She was talking too, or why are you picking on me? I mean, there was it was always something, and you know, it was kind of interesting because At first, I thought I was being a good teacher by talking with them about this. I wanted to make sure they understood, and I was explaining my reasoning. I'd even let them stay after class, and we'd talk about it. Um, I thought I was being sympathetic by listening to their concerns, when in reality, uh, my bumbling attempts to defend myself were actually undermining my own authority. I was actually validating their complaints and teaching them that this was an acceptable way um, to go about their day and to interact with me. It was acceptable for them to complain and critique me at every moment. Um, This was just not a good thing. Um, Over time, though, I realized, I learned the hard way, but I did realize that there are some keys to handling these types of situations. So what I learned a little bit better um, what to do with these students who are constantly complaining and questioning my actions. And I wanted to share some of those tips with you today. My first tip for students who are complaining is to stay calm. If a student is angry or complaining, the worst thing that we can do is become angry or argumentative in return. If we react in kind, uh, we are just adding fuel to the fire. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath. And that is so true. When we can give a calm yet firm response to our students, we really help diffuse the situation and more, are much more likely to actually um, produce lasting change. If necessary, um, if we need to give additional consequences, once again, do so 
calmly. It'll be much more effective than yelling at them and escalating the situation. So number one, no matter what you do, don't take it personally and stay calm. Number two, be confident in your authority. This means you need to realize you don't owe this student an explanation. Now, if you feel that an explanation will be helpful, then by all means, give them one. Um, this is especially true for students as they get older. Sometimes older students need an explanation, especially if you're doing something new. But if you can tell that they're simply complaining or testing your authority, don't feel bad if you're simply telling them, I don't need to explain myself. You know, it don't, you don't, you don't. Don't feel like you have to explain yourself. You don't owe them an explanation if it's a simple situation where you have this expectation, they failed your expectation, you, you did what you said you were going to do. There's no need to explain every nuance of it. There's no need to explain why you, you know, there, there's just no need to go into every, an explanation of every little decision that you make. Um, as I said before, a principle to keep in mind here is the younger the student, the less explanation is needed. Um, if it's a first grader, um, they really shouldn't need, you know, a, an incredible explanation of why you're doing everything. Uh, a senior in high school um, may benefit more from hearing your thought process behind your decision. But either way, especially when we're just talking about you give a student a warning and they're not even in trouble, don't feel like you have to give them a long, detailed explanation of why they got a warning. Instead, that brings me to point three. Um, use very simple phrases. Um the first days of school recommends the magic phrase, because you chose to break the rule. So, for example, in my classroom, there was a rule of no communication without permission. So, um, let's say I correct a student and they respond with something like, but I was just asking Alan for help. Why am I in trouble? Um, I learned to say something like, um, I understand, but the rule is no communication and you chose to break the rule. If you need help, raise your hand and I will help you. Simple, um, but just kind of putting it back on them. Another phrase I absolutely love is the phrase, you're not in trouble. Um, this is in especially important if you're having some type of warning system where the students actually, there's no consequence here, you're simply giving them a warning. Um, it's really helpful to say that. You're not in trouble. Um, you're, you're, like, just, you know, you're not in trouble. I'm just giving you a warning to help you realize you need to stop. Um, that kind of just disarms them. I don't know if disarms is the right word. It just kind of um, removes their defenses and realize it kind of brings it down a notch. Okay, I'm not in trouble. Um, there's not really a need to argue about this. Um, I'm not in trouble. So that can also be really helpful. A final phrase you might want to use is ask me about that after class. Now, once again, I said I got into trouble because I, um, I invited them to ask me about these things after class and then I would, um, I would allow them to question me and question my authority for 10 minutes every day after class. So don't make this a habit, but often if something's happening right in the middle of class, a simple, why don't you ask me that after class, will weed out people who are just trying to waste class time and will at least leave you just people with, genu with more genuine complaints. So still be careful about that, but that's a great thing to say in the middle of class. But then if someone's constantly coming to you habitually, then you will probably need to shut that down. Number four is to move on as quickly as possible. Now, this is, depends on the type of complaint. If the student's complaint is about a bigger issue, 
then I would ask them to see you after class so you can discuss it. But if the student is simply arguing with you because you gave them a warning, something really silly like that, um, often you simply want to move on as quickly as possible. So I would combine this with one of the phrases. So let's say I give someone a warning and they're like, oh, why am I in trouble? Just say, you know, just say something very quickly. Um, you're not in trouble. It's simply a warning. You chose to talk without permission. I'm reminding you that you need to raise your hand first. Now, we were talking about the Civil War and and just move on. Like, don't even, kind of don't even take a breath. And if you move right back into the lesson, um, sometimes the student will still interrupt you again, um, but it often kind of just cuts them off and allows you to get back into the flow of things. The next thing you want to do when dealing with student complaints and uh, not-so-sincere questions is to ask God for wisdom. You know, we really do need wisdom to discern between genuine concerns and unnecessary complaints. You know, in our effort to curb complaints and backtalk, we really have to be careful not to shut off all avenues of appeal because there are situations where we do make mistakes and the students do need to be able to come to us with genuine concerns and know that we'll listen with respect. So do have those um, procedures in your classroom. Teach your students, if you have a genuine concern, come talk to me during this time. If you come respectfully, I will listen to you respectfully. So teach them that and then ask God to give you that wisdom to know when to hear an appeal and when to shut down a complaint. And finally, seek first to understand. If you missed last week's episode, you'll definitely want to go back and check and listen to that. But that certainly applies here. If a student appears to have a genuine concern, then listen carefully to them before you respond. Put yourself in their shoes and honestly consider their request. You know, few things are more frustrating to a student than when he feels he's been treated unfairly and um, that their teacher isn't listening or won't do anything about it. So remember back to how that felt when you were a student and just be honest with yourself. You know, did I handle this correctly? Does the student have a point? And if 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 you've made a mistake or if you maybe there was something you hadn't thought about, um change your decision, make it right, and you'll gain their respect. Um, And then if you do, however, need to deny their request, take the time to speak to them about it respectfully and, you know, disciple them through that process. Um, You know, listen to them and then explain to them why you aren't able to change your decision. So to conclude, when we have students who are complaining, number one, stay calm and don't get defensive. Number two, be confident in your authority and realize you don't owe the students an explanation. Number three, use magic phrases like because you chose to break the rule or you are not in trouble. Number four, move on from little complaints as quickly as possible. Number five, ask God for wisdom to discern between genuine concerns and unnecessary complaining. And number six, seek first to understand when a student does have a genuine concern. I hope these have been helpful to you. And if this podcast has been an encouragement, I would love for you to leave a review either on iTunes or Stitcher. When you leave a review for a podcast, it helps it be found more easily by other teachers. And that helps to spread the word and the encouragement. I would also love your thought your I'm sorry, I'd love your thoughts and any suggestions that you have for improvements. You can leave them at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast eight. And that's also where you'll find the notes and links in association with this podcast. 
Next week, I hope you'll join us. You know that one student who's been driving you crazy? Well, next week, we're going to talk about what to do about him or her. Look forward to seeing you next time. In the meantime, keep growing and keep striving. You really are making a difference.